Carrington. I'm a lecturer at St. Mary's University, Twickenham in London, and I'm the author of the book, the Psycho- uh, Blowing the Whistle, The Psychology of Football Refereeing. I almost got my own book title wrong then. <laughs> <laughs> and what book are you going to be talking to us about today? I'm really enthusiastic about this book. I'm, I'm really forward to talking about it. I'm going to be talking about John Ludden's Once Upon a Time in Naples. Well, um, when did you pick this book up and why does it mean so much to you? Well, yeah, I picked the book up last year um, and I kind of, it, it sort of came across sort of like my um, awareness, if you like, because of the film Diego Maradona, uh, the documentary, which I was really sort of looking forward to uh, to watching. And I never actually knew it was based upon a, on the book. And I've always been a Maradona fan. I've always been slightly obsessed with Diego Maradona. <laughs> um, and it's one of these things where, you know, you're not quite sure why you sort of like drawn to someone or you sort of like enjoy watching someone play football as much as you do um and i think this book answered my questions for me it was kind of like it was like seeing a therapist where <laughs> you have all these questions and you don't know what the answers are and you read a book and you go ah that's why and what what, what did it tell you about el diego that that, <laughs> that gave you yeah, therapy yeah so i mean for me it's First of all, it's not like this book that it's like, it's not like a standard biography. I've I've read all the biographies of Diego Maradona, and it's not you know like at, at seven he played for this team in Argentina, and then at ten he did this and and so on and so forth. It's it's purely focused on uh, his time in Nap- at Napoli, and what it really shows is is his character and how he kind of has these two personalities. So he has Diego, and Diego is this really kind of charming and uh, family-oriented boy who's a little bit lost and he's come from a very poor background and all he wants to do is provide for his family and particularly his mum who he's particularly devoted to and there's this kind of like really kind of heartwarming and and pleasant and sort of a touchy-feely side to that story and then there's Maradona and Maradona is kind of Vivetza, and Vivetza is this South American term that it kind of shows you can manipulate someone or something to your own advantage, and it's not seen as cheating, it's it's actually praised, it's kind of getting one over on the man, so to speak. And Maradona is just has this constant conflict and constant struggle between these two sides of his personality that just really come through the book. So, for example, there's there's part of the book where he says, you know, I, I want to be that like poor boy in Argentina again, but I also want a Ferrari. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and and you just who, who doesn't think like that? Like you know, we all kind of you know we all appreciate, particularly in the situation we're in at the moment, we all appreciate you know the important things in life. But then we also want the Ferrari on the drive and the nice house overlooking the Bay of Naples, etc. Um, yeah, I mean, I. That that's sort of one uh, one of the aspects of the book that I absolutely loved. I, I guess another part of the book, or you know, something about Maradona that really appeals to me is the sense that when he left Barcelona, and there's a little bit about how he left um, Barcelona in there as well, which is great to, to know. And 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 how the author got this information is for me incredible because it, you know I've, I've read a lot about Maradona. And I didn't know all these kind of very intricate conversations between you know, the owner of Barcelona and Napoli and so on and so forth. And when he left Barcelona, he could, he could have gone anywhere. You know, yeah. he's like the best player in the world. 
Um, he could have gone to Juventus and played with Patini and, and so on and so forth. And, you know, he, he went to Napoli. And this is a side that had never won a Scudetto. This was a side that was ridiculed and, and, you know, to an extent still is, you know, by the rest of Italy for social reasons, for, you know, racist reasons, yeah. frankly. Um, and then also because they're just seen as a poor side, um, particularly for a city that size and in a region that size, it kind of stands alone. Um, so to go there was kind of like a big deal. And, and not only did he go there and succeed, but he went there and played the best football that he had played in his career. And, and for me, that just showed that you know, he could have gone to Barcelona and, and excelled. Uh, sorry, you know, when he was at Barcelona, he could have excelled with all these kind of wonderful star players around him where he could have gone to another big club and excelled and done it the easy way. And I kind of, you know, well, where are these footballers that are doing this now? Where are these footballers going? Oh, I'm going to drag this team up and kind of stick two fingers up at all these established sides. And you know, that's why I love El Diego. And was there a sense of them that there being a completely anti-conformist streak to him throughout his life? Yeah, like absolutely. There's definitely this sense of um, always wanting to sort of like get one over on the establishment, so to speak. Um, so even even when he's things are going well with him at Napoli, there's there's some great anecdotes in this book and, and some great kind of insight into the conflicts that he has with the Napoli owner who is constantly trying to control him and almost like manipulate him for his own sort of commercial needs. So there, there were times where Maradona wanted to leave and the owner's kind of not letting him and basically like almost like holding him hostage. Um, and, and again, this is before Bosman's and things like that and, and forcing him to do things that he didn't really want to do. So then there's also times when Maradona plays that role really well uh, it has to be said, and does the same thing. So after he won his first Scudetto, like totally holds the club to ransom, knowing that you know you can't sell me, you can't let me go, you've yeah. got to pay me whatever I want. Um, so yeah, there's this constant need, and I, like for me, it's you know, yeah, it's quite interesting because I'm, I'm, I'm I, I quite like watching you know gangster films, Scarface and Goodfellas and The Godfather and films like this. And one of the reasons I think I like those films is because I know I could never do that. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm so far removed from these people. I'm such a straight arrow. And, you know, it's, you know, I think if I got, you know, like a policeman knocking my door, I'd, 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 uh, I'd be very incredibly nervous. So I'm kind of drawn to these people that seem to be very comfortable in, this dark, in, in the shadows. And there's this sense of Maradona likes to be that that person but at the same time is a little bit scared and is kind of has that kind of lost little boy yeah you know kind of element to him as well i just thought it was fascinating to see how he managed to obviously play at the top level because italy's been years ahead of us in terms of sports science and then yeah. you had a great revolution in sports science and professional football and cycling and athletics in italy but so he was going out on as we say in liverpool on the eel and the cook uh, and everything else he was doing on a Sunday evening. And he was doing yeah. that Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and then Wednesday, getting himself onto a treadmill, sweating himself down for yeah. a day, and then being able to play at the highest level on a Sunday again. So absolutely, mm. he must be, uh, at his best, he must have been an extraordinary physical specimen to take all of that abuse, all of the cortisone, all of the painkillers, and still play at that level. Absolutely. I mean, that again, that really shines through in the book. This kind of like these two sides to it that is just like a fascinating like character study. But you have this side where, you know, like I said, Sunday night, you know, the girls, the drink, the, the, the cocaine, etc. Uh, and just kind of punishing his body, particularly for a top level athlete. And particularly in a league where 
you know, if it moves, you kick it. Exactly. And and at a time where it moves, you kick it as well. And he'd already had his ankle broken playing for Barcelona as well. So he's having all these kind of pain-killing injections. And and again, you also see this side of in in the book where. Napoli kind of exploit him quite a lot. So there's, there's an interesting part where I think he's having acupuncture or, or some sort of surgery. And I think they're saying, you know, like this might damage him or this, you know, he could have long-term issues because of this. And the owner's like, you know, no uncertain terms. It's like, well, don't worry about that. Let's just get him out on the pitch and let's yeah, sort yeah. of like get our, get our pound of flesh, if you like. Um, absolutely. Like, the, the, the physical specimen that as you labeled it is is so impressive but also the ability so he talks about in the book about having to sort of speed up what he did so in barcelona he'd always have like two more seconds whereas in italy he said as soon as you get a ball like people were on you like trying to kick you and trying to stop you so he said everything he did he had to speed up and he says it took him like a good season to kind of master this but as soon as he did wow you know the, the results wow. are there and and another sort of reason I love the book is because it kind of point, it gives you pointers on like, if you want to know more, have a look a little bit of this, have a look a little bit of that. So that it talks about the game against Lazio in 1984, which I immediately went onto YouTube and I'd never seen this. And, and I went to YouTube and looked up the, this footage and wow, it's just like, this is the best individual performance of any individual player in any match ever. Like bar none, it's not even close. Like he scores <laughs> an Olympic goal straight from the corner for his hat-trick, I think. Um, you know, he scores a 30-yard long. Like it's just, it's just an incredible performance that, you know, if this book wasn't so articulate and wasn't so passionate, you know, it, it might have just like kind of said, oh, you know, he did really well in certain games, but this is a really good one to watch. Um, and, and I'm pleased I came across it. And the film, there's there's a, me and Danny Fitzpatrick were talking about this yesterday when we were talking about how yep. players at the highest level, like like Mar- Maradona, who exist on a different psychological plane than the rest of us, how <laughs> they problem solve in certain situations instinctively. Yep. And that's speeding everything up. So it's hyper quick. It's a quickness that maybe only gamers really recognize. And in the film, he nutmegs, I think it's Aldo Scherer and Claudio Gentile yeah. with a back heel from two yards away. <laughs> and he just look at it and go, how has he done that? And yeah, and this is the thing. Is you, you watch this now. Sometimes you might look at players, you know, of the past, you know, players like Best or Eusebio and Cruyff, and you can see this sort of like immense talent. But it's really hard to think, you know, what was it like for these players playing in that time? Because, you know, the pitches might not have been so, well, weren't as good and the laws of the game were slightly different. So defenders may have had certain advantages, etc. When Maradona does these things, it's like it, it, it transgresses context. So it doesn't matter where he's playing, who he's playing against, it's genius. And the book just does such a good job of showing you that and, and really emphasizing how talented this individual was, but also on a human side, how corruptible he was as an individual and how people exploited him. And, you know, there were times where he exploited others and he's certainly no angel. And there were times where uh, he was certainly kind of uh, exploited uh, because of because of this immense talent. And to, I don't know, to be adulated in a city like that. And again, it's like I'm sure many of people listening to this would have read books like uh, The Miracle of Castel, um, uh, Castel uh, de Sangro. Yeah, I yeah. think about that time. Oh, yeah. And um, uh, Season with Verona yeah. uh, by Tim Parks. And I could have spoken about that book as well because it does such a good job of telling you about Italy. And one thing I love about this book is it really shows kind of how oppressed the uh, Neapolitan people felt. Um, 
particularly in, in with regards to football and politics, and perhaps still do, you know, like banners saying wash yourselves and things like that um, whenever they came, come to town and kind of the racial element as well that uh, the Northern Italians kind of played on. I just found it like fascinating that Diego would go, you know, I'm going to go and like, stick up for these people. And a part of the book that's really interesting for that is the Italian 90 World Cup, where he basically provides the Neapolitans with this kind of huge dilemma. And that's whether do they, do they support Italy in the semi-final? Or do they support Argentina? And if you were a writer, you would want that game to be played in Napoli and it's played at the Sao Paulo in Napoli. It's just incredible. <laughs>